0: This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com Okay, I wanted to mention that this Mutzah is Shabbat is going to be the Yortzite, the Hilula of a very special Rav that has become much more well-known in the world. His name was Rav Yitzhak He was the uncle... Of the Baba Sali. and I'll just tell you a few quick things about his life, and we're going to share Torah from him and a message that he has, and Beisrach Hashem, an unbelievable story to follow about one specific Mida. because when we learn the Mida of a tzaddik, so it really uh, it really uh, enlightens up everything. So, Rav Yitzchak was the last son of Rav Yaakov Abuchatzer. He was his fifth son. He was named after the Arizal HaKadosh. And he actually was the sandak of Baba Sali. And he also would learn Chavruta with Baba Sali for five years. They learned Shas together. Tosfot, Maharsha, Be'iyun. For five years. And every day Baba Sali would say that they would go to the Mikveh. They would break ice and go to the Mikveh. They wouldn't see any. Any shape of a woman at all. And, uh, Babasali said at the end of five years, he felt that they broke the Yitzhahara. <laughs> they broke the Yitzhahara so, to a point that he was a very, uh, holy, uh, tzaddik that 1922, he was in the city of Budnib, which is in the, in the south, uh, east of Morocco, of Morocco, next to Algiers. And, uh, he was fundraising for the yeshiva and it's dangerous roads and they begged him on Friday not to go to his other de- uh, destination and he said he had to go and he even hired a guard to go with him, an armed guard to go with him but there was a group of people on the road, a group of, uh, of robbers on the road that um, that went after them, tried to take their money and, and shot and killed him and he was murdered on Yud Dalet B'Shvat Tafresh Ayn Bet which is 1922 he was, um, I'm not, not I'm sorry, not 1922, uh, 19, uh, 1912. 1912, Tafish Ain Bet, uh, was murdered. And he's buried in this remote area called Tulal. They said to bury him there. It was Friday afternoon. And it was a kever that different people of the family would go to every year. But people started seeing that they go to his kever and And there's tremendous miracles that happen in Yeshuot. They know you go, you ask for one thing and and you see that you're answered. And um, this year there's going to be probably close to 10,000 people going, just like from all over the world. From from Los Angeles, I know at least 15 people going. From uh, Eretz Yisrael, there's, and this is a hard place to get to. And it's not an easy place to get to. And, and I've seen it myself. I've come with certain requests in the past that I've been there, and Hashem has answered me. It's, it's something that if you don't, if, you wouldn't believe it if, if, if you didn't see it with your own eyes. Chasidim come, Ashkenazim, Sephardim, it's, it's, it's an unbelievable thing. Ritschaka Seirah wrote a few Sephardim that started being printed. One of his, one of his, um, legacies that, and his Koach that he had was the Koach at and he wrote a sefer called Lev Tahor on Tfila. And he has a few, and he has a few, um, a few messages from tfila that, that, that he, he shares with us what a person should focus on. So let me share a few of them. Number one, when you wake up in the morning, so before you do Tfilah, Tfilah is rashit, What Tfilah is Taf, Pei, Lamid, Hei. Tiyached, taf, pa'amayim, twice, liyashev, to settle, lamid, hashamaim, the skies. Which means that before a person even gets to Shmona Esrei, you have to recite the Shema twice. Which doesn't mean you wake up, or you wake up right before Kriyat Shema and you say Shema and then you say Shema again. What it means is that before a person uh, even gets to Hodu, there's a Shema in Korbanot. So you say that Shema once, and another Shema twice. You're Miyached Hashem twice. According to the works of Kabbalah, it's a, it's a big, big Inyan that you're already Miyached Baruch Hu, then you're ready to go to Shemaim, to pray the Shemaim in Shimon Esrei. That's one lesson of tefillah. But it also means that when you daven, when you pray, you have to make sure that you have no distractions. That means, that's why we have lockers for phones, and that's why it really takes focus to say, okay, I'm about to start Shemona Esrei, let me put everything I have aside. What's the next thing? (tifila) Tefillah. Tikon picha libecha heitev. taf pe lamid he. Prepare your heart and your mouth well, before you get to the tefillah. That is the second lesson of tefillah. The third. In order to show how much you care about tefillah, you have to show that you wanted to get to the beta HaKneset in a way to show that you're eager to pray. Tefillah, Rashi Tevot. Tefillah, uh, I'm sorry, taritz pa'amecha lebet HaKneset. Take your legs and make them run to the beta HaKneset. I want to tell you actually, I have a friend who Friday afternoon, he was running to catch a minion in uh, the neighborhood called Shari Chesed. And he found um, his Rav, was Rav Shmuel Arbach, a Zecher Tzadik Livracha? Shmuel asked him, why are you running? So he said, oh, I have to catch a minion. He says, that's, the way that you're running shows that you're trying to just Check something off your list. Oh, I dove Mincha. I prayed in Mincha. You're, you're losing the connection that way. If you're running to Betaknesis because you want to pray, that's the type of running. Running because you have to catch a minion, that's called Osete Filatot Kva, that you're making your Tefila just like Another thing, not that you want to pray in front of Hashem, you just want to cross it off your list, that's something very dangerous, that you always have to be careful. Don't ever just go to Bet Knesset, Just okay, I have to, I have to, you know, cross it off my list. You have to to remember, as you're going to Bet Knesset, it's the same thing you're doing, you're going anyways, so you may as well do it right. Make sure that you're going there with eagerness, with excitement, with an opportunity. That I have the, I have the opportunity to pray to Hashem. And the last thing is that when you get to Bet and you put on your tzitzit, those are the witnesses that will keep you focused. When you put on your talit, it's going to keep you focused. Tfilah petilim le-arbak nafot haknafot. You make, you make you, you, Tfilah has the remes of tzitzit in it because when a person has a tzitzit with him it guards him from anything bad around him, you, that's why the, the, the talit wraps you around. It helps you uh, uh, from distractions. So these are some of the remazim you have in Tfilah that Yitzchak shares with us. I want to tell you, this concept of tefillah is something that's so powerful in your life that if you connect to it, you'll see that Hashem answers you in all types of ways that you would have never believed before. There's countless of stories. But stories for me is not enough. You have to make your own storybook. You have to realize and recognize every time something unbelievable happens to you because of tefillah, you got to write it down and remember it and make your own book. I just read today, actually, a fascinating story. You know, a few months ago, we lost, in America, one of the great, great boskim. His name was Rafael Cohen. His name was, uh, he was He was in Brooklyn, New York. People don't know this about was A little child in Brooklyn came to the Bet Knesset and he was crying. And they asked him, why are you crying? He says, the Yankees are losing. And I want to pray that the Yankees win. That was on his mind. His rav, I believe his name is Rav Grossbart, saw him there, and his rav told him, "I'm sorry about your tsar. And he didn't say, "Oh, stuyot, what are you thinking of? Wait, who do you think you are? There in, the, in the bed, crying because of these things? We have other things to cry about." But that's what was bothering him. So he made a kesher with him. He made a kesher with him. Eventually, sent him to Yeshiva Yeshiva Rabbeinu Chaim Berlin. And that's Refival Cohen, and that's how he, that was the boy, it was Refival Cohen, and he grew into a gadol hador mamash, one of the great poskib. It all matters on on, on, on on care that a Rebbe has, but over here you see that he prayed for something, it wasn't directed to something, but that's what he cared about, so that's how he expressed himself, And but you see his koach. From there already, that it 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 went into the uh, it went to a different stage. Okay, that's I just thought I saw that story this morning. I thought I wanted to share that with you, but I wanted to share with you two other unbelievable stories about when a person um, prays, he and and he and he directs towards Hakadosh Baruch Hakadosh Baruch will answers him. Right there's a uh, number one is. There was a Jew called Rav Aryeh Kaplan. Rav Aryeh Kaplan was known as the prison rabbi, because uh, he would visit the prisons before the state of Israel. He would go visit the prisoners, and he would care about them, and he was beloved. He was a big of Chacham. He was the father-in-law of Rav Olyashev. He was the father-in-law of Rav as His name was Rav Aryeh I didn't say Rav Olyashev. I'm sorry. His name was... I think was Reb Levine. He was the father-in-law of Rabbi Eliashev. He was a short man. He was a short man. But he had tremendous heart and caring for Am Yisrael. That he was just a great Kiddush Hashem. Wherever he went. He was just an unbelievable Kiddush Hashem. So let me tell you the story. How... uh, What happened. How um, in the war... there was, a, there was a big war around nineteen uh, the 1940s where there was a battalion of the Jewish army was protecting Gush Etzion. It was protecting Gush Etzion. And Lualenu, 35 soldiers died in that battle. And... Um, they were left there for a while because no forces could get to them. And like dust covered them up so that's why well, the animals didn't get to them and the, 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 the enemy didn't, didn't capture the bodies, but eventually they were retrieved. But unfortunately, these 35 bodies that were retrieved, 23 of them, they were able to identify and bury them in Har Herzl. But there was another 12 That were un, un, unidentifiable They couldn't identify them And this was a tremendous Tsar for the families What are they going to do? What are they going to do? So they went to the Rav of Yerushalayim His name was Rav Tzvi Pesach Frank and Rav Tzvi Pesach Frank Was related to Rabbi Arye Levine And they told him what to do He said there's one Jew That could help you His name is Rav Arye Levine tell him he has to help and he knows how to help. So how's he going to know who the 12 bodies are, Who, who, who where, where they go? They went to Rav Arya Levine and they told him, he said, I, I can't help. He said, don't you know, isn't there such a solution called the Goral Hagra? The Goral Hagra is a certain lottery that came from tradition from the Gaon Vilna already. And Rav, he said, well, Tried to go away from it, but then he saw that he was he had to do something. The parents were in tremendous sorrow, they didn't know which grave was going to be their sons, which is a tremendous trauma already. So he said, fine. He gathered a few people in his house. And they prayed to Hashem. They said to heal him with fervor, with passion. And then Ravar Levine took out a Tanakh. There's a Tanakh printed in 1701 Amsterdam that has two columns to it. And the way the Gora Lagra works is that you do seven times seven. Don't try this at home. You have to have a Masora how to do it. And I'm probably not saying the details, details properly. But Ravar Levine took the, took the, took the, 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 the Tanakh and he started flipping seven batches. Backwards, forwards, seven batches. Then he started going Through seven chapters, then seven pages, then seven verses, then seven words, and then seven letters. Until they got to a certain letter and he picked the seven letters. They did the seventh, the seventh, the seventh letter. There was one more step. I said six steps. So I think there's one more step. And they saw the uh, one letter. And that letter, you're supposed to look which which is the next pasuk that starts with that letter, and that will identify this kever goes with this body. So they said, This body, we're doing this first body, we're doing who it is. Every single pasuk landed exactly on. A reference to who they were talking about. The first one, his name was Benyamin, And it said, Le Binyamin Amar, a about Binyamin. The second one, his last name was Benyamini. Another one's name was Zevulun, and then it landed on Zevulun. Another one's last name was Cohen, and it landed on Cohen. Another one, it Another one, it, it landed on Chaim, and his name was Chaim. Every single one until they did 11, and the 12th they knew, they didn't have to do the Goral because of process of, of elimination. It's an unbelievable story that 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 they that they seek guidance from Hashem. It was through a goral, but it was with prayer from the Goral beforehand and Hashem answered them. That means we seek guidance through tefillah. When we seek guidance through uh asking from Hashem to help us, we'll see tremendous Siat Dishmaya. That is the lesson that we learned from Ibn Abu Khatsira coming up this Mutz Shabbat, light a candle, pray and learn these divrei Torah in his memory and ask that Hashem in his zichut, and he should be a militiosher on us, you ask, that he should be a an uh, intervention, that we should uh, not have any more tzarot, and maintain your atzon. You've just experienced another Torah class, brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.